In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World, episode 58. Andrew and Jerry take on the war on pronouns. I'm Andrew Langer. Jerry Rogers. And, you know, Jerry and I have been talking about this. Actually, Jerry, before we start anything else, I want to set the Wayback Machine back to the mid-1970s. And to a a schoolhouse rock. Do you remember schoolhouse rock? Of course I do. I I this is this is how I learned about pronouns. I am fairly certain that you did as well. I, I want you to I want you to hear this. Now I have a friend named Rufus Xavier Sasparilla, and I could say that Rufus found a kangaroo that found Rufus home, and now that kangaroo belongs. To Rufus Xavier Sasparilla. I could say that, but I don't have to. Cause I got pronouns I can say. He found a kangaroo that followed him home, and now it is his. You see, huh? He him and his our pronouns replacing the noun. Rufus Xavier Sasparilla. There you go. Very long noun indeed, Jerry. That's how I learned about pronouns. Pronouns are used to take the place of a noun. So you don't have to say Rufus Xavier Sasparilla over and over again. Um, but we've we've once again, it like everything else in this crazy world that we're now in, we are now detaching ourselves from reality in terms of the Orwellian language. Uh, we are engaged in newspeak here. I'm sorry, go ahead. Now I know you want to jump in. No, I, I think you're right. I think it's worse than that. Oh, of course it is. Yes. I mean, I, I think that the uh, trans agenda uh is a uh religious cult i think that uh it is something that parents uh and families and religious leaders uh and business leaders uh politicians uh, need to uh take seriously and for and for people of faith this is not about kindness about well i want I want these people to know they're accepted or they're loved. These are the marginalized and, and, and Jesus was always on the side of the marginalized. That may be true, but as we've seen just recently with, uh, with again, drag Queens on Jack Daniels with this trans activist on the Bud Light can, when we see, uh, the country music awards celebrate drag queens when we have the president of the United States say that trans people are the heart and soul of America. When there was a transgendered person uh, deranged and targeting Christians, you had governors and politicians around uh, and media around the country blaming the victims. Right. I mean, this is something that is uh, uh, that has taken over. It's almost like. Uh, we have mainstreamed a, a, a cult, but also a mental illness. Well, here's here's the thing, you know, because you and I have spent a lot of time in the last couple of days talking about about the way that COVID might play into this. Let me start here. I used to get very frustrated in terms of talking about these issues when one of my kids would come home and would talk about a friend of theirs who is now identifying as uh, gender fluid or whatever, and and is using the they them pronouns. And, and, you know, one of my kids would start talking and, and 
the, the child would say, well, you know, they did this or they did that. I'm like, oh, who are you talking about? And the child would then say, well, I'm talking about my friend so-and-so, uh, Charlie, who used to be called uh, Beth. Um, and, and, you know, and it's, it, it, you know, it started that, that started to be my frustration and, and you can almost go down there and go, well, okay, boomer, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're not following through with the language. Tell you what's bothering me this morning. And this gets into this concept that Jerry, you and I've talked about, about thinking about these things out loud, because I'm, I'm, I'm circling around this issue. I'm not sure I've landed on it quite properly, but part and parcel of the the some folks who are angry or deeply troubled by Dylan Mulvaney, who is this trans so-called trans activist or gender cosplayer that we've talked about. One of the reasons why you have folks who are very upset about this person being lauded is that they are they are, their persona is nothing more than a caricature of a little girl, um, not a woman in any way, shape, or form. But it, but in, in, and if it is supposed to be what Dylan Mulvaney thinks a woman is like. There's a problem there. Let me get to my point, Jerry. What we are doing is we are reinforcing the negative what 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 the the trans, especially the the male to female trans movement is doing is it is it, it is reinforcing the negative gender stereotypes that a lot of folks fought against from the 1950s even onwards. And and essentially saying that this is what a this is what a woman is, and this is what a woman is supposed to look like, and this is what women are supposed to be. Then if you are a, a little girl who wants to explore being a little tomboyish, well, then you can't be a little girl anymore. You have to be a little boy. A as though there's not a phase that sometimes kids go through where they want to sort of explore these things, and it may very well be temporary. Well, now you're putting them into this sort of permanent capacity. So a little boy, and I was I had the the free to be you and me queued up a little the, the in free to be you and me in the 1970s, you had William wanted a doll because he wanted a doll baby to love and hold. Well, now, according to the left, well, now William has to be a girl and he must be, he must have gender dis, what is it? Gender dysphoria, gender dysmorphia, whatever it is. And so we now have to make him live like a girl, except, you know, William's only five well, years old. William doesn't know what William wants or what let, William's going to be. Let me stop you there. Gen, uh, gender dysphoria and these other um, uh, medical uh, conditions, these are real conditions. Yeah. And they need to be separated from the conversation about transgenderism. Uh, and the irony here is, is that this whole movement uh, is becoming, in a sense, a circular firing squad. And what I mean by that is, is that, you know, we were told recently, although there is no science that tells us that there is a DNA or, or, or a so-called gay gene, you know, we're told that your sexual attraction from the left, from the LGBTQ plus, yep. or from the old days, from just the, from the gay mo movement, we were told that you're hardwired, right. that your attraction is hardwired. So people are born gay. Now we're told, well, no, no one's born gay or straight. Uh, rather, uh, everyone is on this uh, spectrum. This uh, it's very fluid. Uh, sexual identity and attraction, uh, 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 sexual uh, gender, uh, these things are fluid. And so, even the LGBTQ plus 
coalition is at odds with uh, with uh, with each other well, because well what is it is a gay man gay or is a gay man a uh, transgendered woman well and you it know, gets um, down uh, to uh, right Jerry know, because Andrew, a part Andrew of it Sullivan has actually written about this and saying that the trans movement is really trying to uh, do away with gay men right that that's that that and, and what Jerry's talking about here is part of this is this insane sort of way of thinking that if you are a if you're a man, a biological man, and you are straight, uh, that that you know what what the trans movement is trying to say is that there is that there is nothing wrong with you. I'm sorry, there is nothing wrong with you being attracted to a trans woman, and more to the point, there is something very wrong with you and bad about you if you are not attracted to a someone who is claiming to be a woman now, uh, but used to be a man, or was born with man parts and man genes. That that's part of what they're trying to do away with here is is this idea that you could be hardwired so that they can get their agenda enacted and again you know if i'm if i'm a woman if i'm a lesbian uh i i would be i would be roundly offended by this this idea that uh, that you're essentially you're trying to negate the identity of women you're trying to negate the identity of gay women and i'm i'm genuinely shocked that more uh, aren't speaking out what we've seen what happens right with the trans exclusionary radical feminists is that they they have been they have been shunned from the feminist community i'm sorry jerry go ahead no but again we've lost uh, all uh all ideas of common sense and allowing people to live their lives in dignity uh, but we don't have to or shouldn't be forced to celebrate uh their kink or their mental illness, or their fantasy, and and that's where we are. And and just so our audience knows, this is not something that is fringe. This is mainstream. Right. Uh, and I and I and I tell people who are frustrated by this, like my wife will say, you know, we're watching up TV, or we're watching, uh, you know, what is ostensibly supposed to be a children or family friendly channel, and there'll be a commercial from Amazon. Right. Uh, where a uh, where you see through the 60 seconds of the commercial uh a girl uh become you know identified as a trans man uh and again it's 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 very subtle and and uh and and, th- and I'm watching I'm watching you know a, a, a baseball with my son and there is a transgendered character everywhere you look now right the corporate boardroom uh the diversity equity inclusion dei uh, officers and corporations uh look at uh, uh mainstream sports have lgbtq plus trans days uh it is everywhere even even in christian circles in in uh in in religious faiths uh there is this this civil war uh right. in terms of well we want to be inclusionary we want to love people so you you'll go by a mainstream Protestant church and see the uh, transgendered flag. Let me tell you something: if transgendered people, if the LGBTQ plus community was truly marginalized, uh, their flags wouldn't be hanging in public classrooms. Their right. flags wouldn't be hanging uh, over uh, state house buildings and in the uh, you know over over government government buildings in our embassies in in D.C. My point is is that this is a very powerful a very rich, a very elite, a very privileged movement that has overtaken even the military. Just recently, you had uh, the DEI officer of, of the Pentagon talking about how 
uh, diversity and trans diversity makes us a stronger nation. It's good for it's good. Quote, I'm oh, paraphrase. It's good for national security. This isn't this is a kind of insanity. And you have to think about the Roman Empire and how you know, we've heard stories about Nero and Caligula and and these uh, corrupt and these morally corrupt emperors. Well, how, how is that any different than our culture today? Well, right. It, and and, it, and it, it, well, OK, with the exception of that, you know, in Roman society, it didn't pervade all levels of it and you didn't have everybody sort of being subjected to it. But the, the problem with today is that given the egalitarian nature of information, it is much easier for all levels of society to be pervaded by this. And let me let me sort of take it. Let me, let me take it back to sort of what vexed me this morning is yeah, Jerry's Jerry's heard me say this. I, but remember I this, up- you know, who was the uh, who was the um, it was Nero, right? Uh, the uh, the uh, Roman emperor. Well, Nero and Caligula. Well, no, who who uh, who had his own wife killed, but then had a slave who resembled his wife uh, and uh, made him a eunuch and then married him. Yeah, I, that I don't know. So yeah. my point is, is that you're right in, in the sense that that if you were a farmer uh, in the hills of Italy, uh, then perhaps you didn't have to deal with this. But this kind of what we're experiencing today is as old as the earth itself. Yeah, the yes. difference the difference is, is that um, the Judeo-Christian tradition uh, came and pushed back against it. When you when you entered into a uh, a uh, a Roman citizen's home, a Roman citizen of of elite, uh, you know, of of wealth, of uh, uh, someone who was, um, you know, uh, part of the uh, of means uh, of means, yeah. you were offered, hey, you want a girl, you want a boy, you want a child, you want yeah. a woman, you want th- uh, this idea, this 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 idea of of sexual uh, 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 fluidity was very much. Uh, very right. much the common, but it was it was it was the it was the it was the growth of the church, the the Judeo Christian ethic that pushed against it to well, our it, benefit, it was, right? It, yes, yes, and 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 more to the point, it it sort of the the reason why we you know we went through the Dark Ages and then and then we went into the Renaissance because of you know because what you had was now obviously there were outliers here, but you had a church in which building on the philosophies of logic and and you know you know based in based in reality some objective reality there were objective realities at at, at work um and and so you know creativity and science were able to flourish as a result but but this, this is my point jerry whereas yes the average farmer in ancient rome would not have witnessed you know any of this or had to deal with any of this now you have school districts all over the country you know even in parts of rural america that are going right. to be asking parents, you know, how does your child identify? And well, they, no, I, I, again, let me stop you there. No. What's happening actually in public schools around the country is children are allowed to, to uh, self-identify, and the parents aren't even notified. No, that's and 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 we. I want to. I want to have that discussion in a second. I want to start <laughs> with the parents who do know, though, because this is this is the thing that 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 got me today, and it's the thing that got me last week when I was in for Tony. And the governor of uh, the governor of Indiana signed the bill uh, SB 640 that um, that banned essentially, you know, the the prescribing of puberty blockers and the allowance for gender mutilation surgery for minors in the state of Indiana. 
and the immediate pushback by the ACLU. And so there are sort of there are parallel stories afoot. One of the complainants in the ACLU's challenge were the parents of a seven-year-old child uh, who had been um, identifying, born a boy and identifying as a girl since the age of three. Wow. And, and I talked a little wow. bit about that, but hold on for a second. And then today I read this piece um, out of Huffington Post. It was, I think it was from last month. It was from March. Um, in fact, I uh, let me pull this up and share it so that folks can folks can see this. So the um, uh, the the it is uh, our six year old wanted to use they them pronouns. We had no idea what we were in for. Um, and then and then the quote from the piece is, "My husband is not on board." Quote. Who put this idea into her head? He asked, and and you're seeing that in a lot of different places. And that their their child is their child is five years old, and the mom is going along with it. In this story, the mom goes along with what the child wants. Now, Jerry, you have five kids. I have five children. Yeah, five children. If any one of your kids at the age of five had come to you and said, you know, let's not even say I want to live as a boy, I want to live as a girl. Let's let's take the fanciful part of it. Let's say your child came to you and said, Dad, I want to live as a unicorn. I identify as a unicorn at age five. What would you what would you do? What would your reaction well, be? Look, I mean, look, you, you have to allow for imagination and creativity. Sure. I mean, I remember when Gracie, uh, who's now 13, she was uh four and she wanted to marry uh, uh, the Lion King, the father. What was the father's name again? Uh, well, there was Simba and there was uh, Mustafa. Mustafa, I think. Am yeah. I saying that right? And so what I did Jerry, was. I, Jerry, I, I, yeah. Jerry, I've never yeah. seen the Lion King. Oh, go wow. Ahead. Anyway, so what I did was I I had a, a big, <laughs> a big uh, uh, Olaf, a stuffed animal, uh, you know, from, from Frozen as the priest. And uh, we had a big, um, a big lion. And uh, and I walked little Grace down the hallway, the aisle. Right. And we, we, we celebrated it. But, but Jerry, you're thing. not. But the but point is, yes, you do that. No, 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 let, let me okay. finish. But as a parent, you know the difference between a, ch a child uh, wanting to be creative or even a child who's trying to push the envelope to test limits. And that's all positive. But our role is to offer boundaries and guidance. And that's where parents abdicate. Uh, so if my child came to me and said, I'm a uh, daddy, I'm no longer a she, I'm a he. Well, I would explain to my child, no, this is how God made you. This is, uh, this is how your body works. And I understand that you might be curious about how these things are. And let's talk about that. And let's, uh, but, how about this? But, let's go even yeah. a step further, Jerry, and say, you know something? It's okay for you to do Boy, what what you might think yeah, of, of this boy stuff? You wanna you wanna go and you wanna you wanna be a rock climber? You wanna be you wanna be a soldier? You wanna listen? Place... Every boy yes. has tried on their mom's high heels. I, uh, I, I did. Well, okay. uh, well, then you don't remember. Yes, but uh, of course we. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with that. But you're right. This when is, you made this point th earlier in the program. Now, all of a sudden, if the little boy wants to uh, exactly. put, a, a, put a feminine hairband on or 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 put a skirt on, well, oh my goodness, this child is now a uh, this child is now a, a, a girl or self-identifies as a girl. That's exactly, ri that's ridiculous. It's it's this is something. I'm sorry to say, but it's the truth. It's child abuse. I remember years ago. Even before this transgendered movement became so mainstreamed, uh, Erica belonged to a uh, to a mommy group, 
And uh, so, you know, so Bridget and Claire are both in their 20s. So we're talking about a good 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and so, again, this idea of transgenderism was not very uh, uh, popular or in the popular culture as it is today. Uh, but uh, we lived in North Jersey and, uh, you know, and, and we and, and this mommy group was from Ridgewood. And so therefore, very kind of elite, very privileged, very wealthy individuals. Uh, and uh, and I'm just trying to set the set the stage here. And I remember going and visiting and they had this beautiful house and we went into she's showing the house around. And one of her daughters, we went into their room and it was it was like a man cave. Yeah. And it was like it was jarring. And uh, and I remember the mother saying, well. Um, uh, our daughter, uh, has been playing with trucks and she's very interested in sports. And so we, we're going to let her go with that and we're going, but what they were saying was they weren't allowing the child to explore. They started to mandate that the child was this way. Sure. And again, to your point about this, just recently, this a child decided at three years old to live to live as a different gender that's it's outrageous absolutely you know look right. look and, there and- I, I just recently i i read this story and i i might have even posted it over at real clear health uh months ago but a story of a uh, immigrant family uh a traditional muslim family living in um living in i want to say washington state it could have been oregon but anyway, oregon or washington state the upper uh uh the upper Hey, Jerry. Uh, American. Yeah. I've never been to Oregon. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, their uh, their child was experiencing very serious mental health yeah. uh, uh, issues and was displaying suicidal uh, uh, thoughts, like talking about yeah. it, to the point where the parents decided, let's bring let's bring this child in uh, for therapy. Well, the child went in for therapy and they uh, it was serious enough where they uh, where they admitted her. Oof. And um, and anyway, during the course of treatment, the doctors, the psychologists, the psychiatrists started to suggest to this child, well, the reason why you're suicidal is because you're not living your your authentic self. Uh, you are a boy trapped in a girl's body. This child had never thought of that right, before. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, they, they were getting ready. This is a true story. They were getting ready to release of the child, but the parents had to sign a waiver of sorts saying that they will allow their child to live as a boy, even though she is she is a girl. Now the parents lied and they signed the paperwork. Yeah. And uh, but the 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 penalty was if they in any way interfered and told this child, no, you are not a uh, you are not this gender, you are the actual biological gender. Uh, they the child would have been uh, uh, the child would have been uh, taken, taken from their custody. From, yeah, you know this, this family literally left overnight. Yeah, they yes. left their house, they left their jobs, and left the state. Uh, be, and my and again, this is how serious this is for parents who are listening. The state can get involved, and if you don't again deal with this issue with your kids, uh, the public schools, the state, DIFUS, you know, the, the uh, Division of, of Family Services. Can come in and, and take your children from you. And this is this is why you know I'm I'm going down the road as as, as I said as uh, bad as ancient Rome was, it's more pernicious today. And it, it really is only in the last few years 
that this is cropped up. I want to give you a listen. Well, this is cropped up, a- frankly, Andrew. This is this is all cropped up since the Supreme Court decision on gay marriage. That was the. That was what was the what's the phrase? That the was the breaking moment. Of, the, that was the breaking of the dam. I, I, and- I, I maybe I mean I Jerry I think I think again I think it, I to me it more it more has to do with what you've been talking about over the years, which is the sort of the gradual nature of things and then the drop off point. There's sort of, sort of this this magic issue, and I'm not so sure that a lot of this doesn't have to do with the lockdown and and you know. So Jerry and I were talking yesterday and I, I, I asked him if he had th- have heard about this concept called COVID psychosis. Now, there are a lot of different ways that people are talking about this, and some of it has to do with the medicines. But to me, what I'm talking about is the impact of three years, let's say two years, two years of isolation on young people, um, you know, rapid isolation, um, you know, being at home with your parents all the time, which I'm sure has a negative, <laughs> a negative impact on kids' <laughs> mental health. But the bottom line is the that that shock to the psyche has long term effects, and I think a lot of what we're seeing today has to do with with this. Um, you know, the mainstreaming of this in culture, and then anyway, you add into it uh, uh, Gen Z and and uh, uh, Gen Z involved in public relate. Anyway, there's a lot of things. But anyway, I wanted to I want to just say this. We're talking about boundaries. You know, I, I, I think it's important to help folks sort of draw lines here. I, I want to say this first, because it gets into part of what was in the Huffington Post story and an experience that I've had recently with um, with uh, a family that we know where their daughter decided to uh, uh, identify as a boy and, and the parents were having a real hard time with it. It is okay for you to be a parent and to raise your hand and say, you know something, this is crazy. We can't go down this road. Um, it is okay for you to say this to your spouse and not just go along to get along with your spouse about this and to say, you know something, this is nuts. Uh, what we're doing here. This is not right. I was going to make a, make another statement right down this road. It's okay if your child wants to pretend to be a pirate. It's okay for you to buy a, a patch for that child. It's okay for you to buy a fake parrot for that child, fake patch for that eye. It is not okay for you to poke that child's eye out or to cut one of their legs off. And I know that seems to be an extreme example, but this is the, it, it, the, this is the direct analog to what we're talking about here. With these puberty blockers, you know, I think I said this last week, Jerry. You know, we because it's also come back up in the news in the last couple of weeks. Um, we had in 2019, 20, yeah, it was 2019, we had a national panic over kids and vaping. You remember this? We had the 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 pressure being put on the White House, the Trump FDA, to do an emergency rulemaking on vaping for kids because kids were being poisoned. You remember this at all? Yeah, I do. And part of the reason why and and why there's still a campaign against vaping is because of the the long the potential long term health effects of vaping. Now, at the same time, we're encouraging kids to smoke weed, which is again crazy. And I know you want to talk about that today too, Jerry. But the point is, on the hierarchy of things, um, and listen, this is not to say that I'm in favor of vaping. I don't think kids should be vaping. But I, I, I think if we're going to have a national panic over vaping and not have a national panic 
over the idea of of allowing kids to take puberty blockers, I think we've got our priorities a little screwed up here. Yeah, and again, just to, to Go just ahead. emphasize your point, uh, the mainstream media now says that if you're someone uh, who opposes the state, the government, uh, allowing minors uh, to uh, to engage in so-called gender-affirming healthcare, i.e., uh, uh, medicines and procedures that that mutilate uh, and change the body. In many instances, you can't reverse these changes. Right. Uh, you're called a bigot. You're right. called someone out of the mainstream. You're called someone. Uh, again, the the left will say, and this is part of the problem that we saw with the Covenant Christian School shooting. You have you have you have you have uh, university professors and you have political leaders who are saying that people who believe that deserve not only to be canceled uh, but they deserve violence and and remember jerry this is the same tactic that they used for people who were raising questions about the covid vaccine yeah i mean look the, the, it seems to me that we do have a uh, again we just had this shooting in kentucky yeah we had the uh shooting uh three weeks ago uh the, at the christian school uh, the left is engaged in violence right uh their leaders uh, tell their uh, followers to engage in violence. Uh, a couple, three, four days ago, you had this former NCAA athlete talking about uh, 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 sports, women's sports, uh, Title IX, and and the rest of it, and she literally was assaulted. Right, and the yeah. police did nothing. Uh, the left is violent. I said this to you, I think, over the phone. Th this Kentucky shooting again. I know the left wants to talk about guns. I know that many mainstream Americans are confused about, well, yeah, maybe if we didn't have guns, uh, we wouldn't have 30,000, you know, uh, 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 gun deaths per year. But really, the issue is what is broken in our culture? Right. And it's right in front of us where, again, you have this very radical trans movement. You have this. Uh, this anti-free speech movement, you have the LGBTQ plus movement, you have uh, the DEI, the equity movement. Well, you know, what does equity mean? Equity means that if you look like someone who, who three centuries ago did something bad to look, who looks like someone else, well, then we're going to rig the system so you don't get the full benefits of a free society based totally upon our whim and your your well, and how you and, look. And, and let's let's also because that was the, another thing Jerry and I were going to talk about today was this issue of the grift, right? Anytime somebody in power is trying to change the rules of a system, um, and they're and they're engaging in some sort of subjective metrics in order to achieve some nebulous result that's their way of gaming the system so that so that somebody who was in power can get their pockets lined Look, so when Andrew. it comes to equity equity rests on this idea of something called an equality of outcome which is an impossibility you can have right. equality of opportunity but you you're right about that but it's also more insidious in that it really is a mechanism uh, sometimes a legal mechanism, a cultural mechanism to go and hurt people that look a certain way. Well, sure. 
I, I, but my, 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 my point in the, well, yeah, I mean, and, and certainly the theft part of it is, is hurting, is, is working to hurt people. There's also my, violence. I mean, if you're, if you're a, if you're a woman and you're speaking out against allowing men to participate in women's sports uh, and you are, you are assaulted, that's okay. Right. Because, but, yeah. Yeah. No, no. But Jerry, that's, that's the, that, but, and, and that's the, you know, again, sort of going back to the various flavors of socialism. Right, because you and I have talked about how DEI and um, uh, the equity issue is really just right. another repackaging of, of Marxism. Yeah, of course. Right. So there are many different flavors of Marxism, of which most of them have some kind of violent outcropping. The Russian Revolution was a violent revolution. Um, the, the various communist revolutions, uh, uh, you know, in, in Europe and South America and in Asia were, were violent revolutions, especially China in the end. And so Maoism being probably the most violent of all of the all the flavors of, of Marxism that are out there. And, and and so, yeah, so, you know, it is there. This is this is very much uh, revolution. But but the other part of this also, because, again, this is why the elites you wonder why. Right. We always wonder why. Why are the wealthiest in the world? Why do they go along with this when they know that in, in a true Marxist system, they're the ones who are, who are going to be lined up against the wall and shot. But, well, but here's hold on, the thing. Jerry, let me I, finish I, my thought. Hold on, let me finish my thought. Yeah, yeah. The, sure. the elites go along with it, uh, both A, because they won't feel the impacts of it, but also B, because they can fleece, they can line their pockets with it. Right. When, when Jamie I, Dimon I, comes out and says, uh, I think that we ought to be using eminent domain to take private property in the name of solving climate change. Jamie Dimon is saying this because he knows that his cronies are the ones who are going to be getting that private property. I'm sorry, Jerry, go ahead. Right. No, but also remember this, you know, in, in every instance of the of 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 the of the Maoist revolution of the, you know, the cultural revolution of the uh, of the Russian, you know, Bolshevik uh, revolution of the French revolution. Um there was always this target. The elites were the target, but really it just, it, it they weren't, it was the wrong elites. Right. Yes. There were, there were, there were others uh, who, again, in the Soviet system, uh, there was, uh, there, there was a caste uh, uh, that enjoyed all kinds of privileges and wealth. Uh, oh yeah, the same, the same in in in, in Maoist China. The same during, you know, in the French Revolution. You know, uh, you killed the uh, the royalty, but sans culottes. You know, there was a new elite that was created. Yeah, uh, it was, it was, you know, it was. Uh, what's the Who song? Uh, uh, you know, meet uh, the new boss, same as the old boss. Yeah, it's just the yeah. won't get fooled again. And and, and that's greatest why, rock song of all time. But that's why that one, Jerry. that's why in America. Uh, the the elites go along with this because they know it a will benefit them uh, and, and b they will never have to be held to account. Look, right. a, a very simple thing, you know. I'm rewatching uh, the the West Wing, and I might write about uh, how many of these liberal tropes then are now mainstream today, and 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 really how glib and arrogant uh, uh, the writing. Uh, it's very interesting and good writing, but it's also yeah. glib and it's also very uh, filled with hubris and disdained for 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 normal Americans. But you know, there there is this one reminder that I, I that I uh, that that is interesting that they were talking about. Uh, there was an episode, and part of the episode was about uh, uh, about um, OSHA regs yeah. and uh, the condition when uh, when you type too much or T carpal tunnel syndrome. Yes. And uh, and one of the assistants wanted to have uh, uh, this addendum to a bill. And she's reminded that, well, even if we do this, 
it won't matter to you. Well, why not? You work in the White House. The rules and the regulations, the laws passed by the Congress don't apply yeah. to Congress and the White House. So already we're living in a system where they don't have to live under Obamacare. Yes. They don't have to live under many of the conditions uh, that they force small businesses uh, to operate uh, within. This is we're already in this elite. And again, to me, the greatest Hollywood metaphor for this is Hunger Games. Right. Right. I mean, that's yeah. where we're heading. We're heading to this kind of government uh, 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 system where there are the elites and there's everyone else. And I think COVID demonstrated that mom and pop shops were shut down, uh, but the big corporate box stores, uh, the Wall Street, Wall Street made money during yeah. COVID. Uh, big box stores made money. Uh, uh, hospitals made money. You know who didn't make money? Uh, pract health practitioners uh, uh, in rural America. And, and, because fact, they were closed down, fact, uh, mom and pop shops, and but, et cetera, et cetera. And then, and then getting down to it, right? And this would, this is, this is the academic study, and I'm not sure it can be done, you know, in, in a way that is, uh, in any way, uh, fair or, or um, uh, dispassionate isn't the right word without it being stilted objectively. That's the word yeah. I'm looking for. Going back through, and and I'm going to say the ones who were alive, these mass shooters. Or going back through the history of these mass shooters, because I am very curious as to what their experience was during the lockdown. Right. I want to know. I want to know what they were up to, how they were occupying my time, uh, my time, their, their time, time, how they were being socialized. And, and I know, I don't know, maybe this doesn't sit right with you, Jerry. Um, but you, you talk about what's broken in our culture, and there's a lot that's broken in our culture. Um, but we know that because man is a social animal, mankind is a social animal, that when you when you shut people off from one another, it has an impact uh, on on their on their psyche and well-being. And I'm sure you will find right. Didn't we didn't we see this? Remember, there was a whole thing um, with that the Buffalo shooter, like the, 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 the one that the, the left was all pointing at. Oh, we've got this upsurge in racist violence. And and yeah. they talked about this idea that that this shooter had gotten self radicalized um, by going down various rabbit holes on the internet during the pandemic. You know, we talk about this, and you talk about the left sort of going through and trying to find the common thread with guns. The common thread may very well be the left inducing this lockdown and keeping us locked down for so long. You know, you got folks who are still angry, who are angry now uh, that the president uh, signed the bill declaring the the COVID emergency over. You got Fauci saying that he thinks there's going to be another pandemic. Anyway, well, I'm sorry, Jerry, there, go ahead. Well, look, the, the bottom line is this. And, and again, there are, uh, there are honest people who, who are tripped up about how to deal with guns in this country. And I get, I get from where they're coming because again, this Kentucky shooter, bought his AR-15, bought it legally. Now, mind you, his parents are now saying that he was dealing with mental health issues. Again, did the parents know he purchased this rifle? If so, uh, why didn't they report him if he had mental health issues? So this could very well be that the the the, 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 the change of the law uh, wouldn't have made a difference. But uh, what we're talking about here, and I wish I wish the left would say this, no gun law is going to stop mass shootings. 
no gun law. What will stop mass shootings, and 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 this won't even stop mass shootings, but but what they really want is gun. They want to confiscate right. guns. They right. want to undo the Second Amendment. Yes. Now, now that again to me is dangerous because because again our rights. You know, it's interesting. I I um I uh, we hold these truths to be self evident, right? That all men are created equal, right. endowed by their Creator. Do you understand that even though our democracy uh, we're the oldest democracy in the world, but as a nation, we're a young nation. No one ever wrote those words down right. before. Yes. So the United States is truly a unique experiment in self-government. And the problem is, is that if you go down the road of New Zealand or Australia, where you confiscate the weapons, then then that's it then there is no freedom. There is no real freedom of speech or freedom of assembly or religious liberty. Because if they, if the government can just decide that your God-given right to protect yourself and your family, if we could just, uh, if we could just amend that, change that, take it away from you, then, then, then no rights exist. And truly then America is like every other nation in human history in that your rights we're the only nation in the history of nations where your rights come from god not from the government if you go down confiscation of weapons then we are like every other nation where our rights come from government and they can they can give and take away so my point is is that and also you're you're still going to have violence and mass and mass events so 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 what do we do with the gun problem, Andrew? Like there has to be, there has to be uh, uh, a conversation about solutions. And I would say this, and no one talks about this, is that we have a broken culture, and yes. we have to be looking at the culture. And people are uncomfortable. Pornography is ubiquitous. It shouldn't be. Um, violence and perversion in Hollywood is ubiquitous. It shouldn't be. Now, I'm not saying outlaw pornography. I'm not saying we should stifle Hollywood. What I'm saying is let's have a conversation. Again, the reason why political correctness has risen to the level it is is because we no longer we no longer just behave properly. We, we've stopped behaving properly. Somewhere along the line, we just stop well, being right. being being people of dignity, people well, of it, honor. It's well, people of honor, but also people of respect for one another. Yes. And the idea, the idea that we can disagree with somebody without hating them. You know, it's interesting. I, I was watching um, one of Obama's speechwriters is is in the news this week. I forget his name because he's calling on uh, 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 California Senator Diane um, Feinstein. Feinstein to uh, to. Uh, to resign yes. because the uh, Democrats can't operate. You got Feinstein is in California. She just was in the hospital and you have Fetterman who's uh, was in the hospital, just released. So essentially the majority Democrats don't have the majority. Right. And so he's calling on, on her to resign so they can move issues, move justices, et cetera, judges, et cetera. Uh, and uh, and I'm watching him and he's on a podcast, Andrew. Now I know you and I are, yeah. we're, we're dressed uh, casually. Uh, but he was dressed casually, uh, almost looked like he took clothes off the floor. Yes. He was in public, and he's sitting with his with his feet folded under him on a chair. Wait, who is this? I'm, 
a, a former speechwriter for Obama. Okay, got it. And I'm thinking to myself, he looks like a yutz. Right. Why should I take anything he's saying? Now, my point is this. If I'm going to go into a meeting, if I went to church on Sunday, I wore a suit jacket. Yeah. We have we have forgotten decorum. We have forgotten chivalry. We have forgotten. We should go back and read George Washington's little red book in terms of how we should behave in the company of others. My point is, is that this is the conversation we should be having. We should be having a conversation of, yes, take your hat off when you enter the church. Yes, open and keep the door open uh, for those who are in front of you uh, and, and all the rest of it. We have lost our sense of decorum. Yes. And 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 it has multiplied where our culture is just uh, Listen, is sick. Nothing drove me more up the wall when Jan and I got married, when two of our good friends husbands the two couples the husband husbands in each of these couples came to our wedding without a sport coat on without even a sport coat, not even a blazer let alone a suit no but this is 25 years ago and i was i was no, I, again was it's, the start. One, it's one thing if someone doesn't have the resources oh no, no, no. oh no jerry jerry right. no 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 these guys were officers in the united states military they could afford to go out and buy a blazer i mean and believe this was this was a conscientious choice of, was, uh, again, it's it's of, one of these things where listen, somebody I know, I, I will say this, somebody I'm with with uh, with anyway, a, a wedding I went to recently. It was a topic of conversation that somebody very high up in this person's life also didn't want to wear a suit or a jacket to this person's wedding. And we're like, no, go and get a suit. Yeah. Look, uh, this but, is uh, this is why I never liked it. If, if, if Barack Obama went to a sporting event and he was booed. Or even now, if uh, if if Joe Biden goes, sure. we shouldn't we sh look, I get it. I opposed Obama's politics. I get it. I think uh, Joe Biden is the very worst president we've ever had. He's actually in terms of look at these leaks from the Pentagon. Yeah. Uh, look at how France is now buddying up with China. Uh, this president has put America in jeopardy. Look at our our withdrawal from Afghanistan uh, and the look whitewash at, there. Yeah, look at the look at the uh, the 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 spending and the and the executive orders. I mean, this man is actually doing great damage to the republic. Yes. Even still, if he walked into my home, I would stand up and be respectful to him. Of course. If he yes. was if he was walking down the street in a parade, and, I and here's the thing, Jerry. Here's I wouldn't boo him. Time out for a second. And I might turn my is, back. And the problem is, God for God forbid. Joe Biden comes to your home and you're respectful to him because there will be a whole crowd. First of all, there will be a whole crowd who will say you were not respectful enough. And then there are folks who will say you were too, res you were too respectful. You, oh, you should have told him to go F himself, Jerry. You don't. Yeah. Oh, listen, I want to come back to something because we, I, there was a, there was a point that I wanted to make and I want to, I want to frankly, Jerry pivot to another topic real quick. Sure. Cause we're trying to do a, a tight show today. Earlier on, Jerry and I were talking about the issue of, uh, and actually, Jerry, it gets into some of what you're talking about with the damage that the Biden administration is doing. Um, Jerry and I were talking about the issue of puberty blockers and the permanent damage that can ensue from that. And we simply don't know what kind of permanent damage can be had. Uh, the same thing can be said. We don't, we, we don't know what whether or not there are going to be long-lasting health effects from any one of the myriad COVID vaccines that are out there. And, and again, 
we say this as, as people who are advocating for folks to go and get the COVID vaccines, but understanding that there were risks. And one of the things that we are seeing is the news story that popped up late last week, Jerry, which was about these two abortion drugs and the federal court case that 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 happened. The, the challenge that happened yeah. in the fall and the decision by the federal district court in right. Texas on Friday, right. um, yanking the FDA's approval for these two abortion pills. And one of the questions is Jerry and I were talking about uh, about it, about the issue. And one of the things that made me uneasy was that the this drug, these drugs have been on the books for 23 years now. But as Jerry pointed out to me, well, we are really only now understanding what the long-term health effects are and the psychological health effects of them, sure. especially given the number of abortions that were occurring. Medical, I'm sorry, chemical. What happened was during, during, during COVID, during COVID, during COVID uh, the abortion pill, and there, I think there are two pills that, re, that, yes. that are required in this chemical abortion. Uh, it, it skyrocketed. I think, yeah. and again, I'm, I don't know the numbers in front of me, but better than 50% of abortions were happening through these pills. Uh, and guess what happened? Women were dying. Yes. And also women were, were feeling other, uh, uh, other impacts from the medicine. Yes. Uh, they weren't, they weren't in, in care. They weren't in, uh, in, 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 a, in care of a doctor. And there were other negative mental health and health impacts. Uh, and also the law was passed in a pro I mean the 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 FDA regulation was this. passed inappropriately yes it was it was it was it was pushed through uh and it was the law was it was pushed through uh, using a law that was meant to push through medicines rare for rare diseases Man, let me um, let me explain something real quick in in the regulatory world words have meaning now the agencies are are open to interpret those rules but they have to have some basis in reality so in this instance in order to comport with the underlying statute that jerry's talking about pregnancy had to be classified as an illness i'm using air quotes and that the abortion drugs were the therapeutic now that's never what the law was intended no uh, anyway go ahead jerry now here's the thing the fda could go back and and uh, approve this medicine but yes. do it do it do it the right way but here's the challenge though so you hear from the left, we have to uh, we have to follow the rules. We have to follow right. the rule of law, right? No one's above the law. Isn't that the Trump indictment? No one is above the law. Well, now the Democrats are saying that the Biden administration and governors and governors are doing this. Uh, New York and and California, uh, two progressive governors, they're saying they're going to ignore the the right. the, uh, the the court decisions. Well, again. Then there is no rule of law. Well, and also with within right, there are powers that people have because I want to differentiate this with another situation that's out of Texas here, where a, a, a an army sergeant was convicted of murder. He he was driving his Uber. He got stopped by a a, a, B, a crowd of BLM protesters. One of the BLM protesters brandished an AK forty seven. So the army sergeant, who probably shouldn't have been moonlighting as an Uber driver, but set that aside pulled out a pistol and and shot the guy brandishing the AK-47. And and yet despite the fact that this is a clear case of self-defense, um he he was convicted of murder and Greg Abbott is talking about granting this army sergeant clemency. Guess what? That is within the governor's power to do. Yeah. Right? This is not acting in contravention of the law like other folks are advocating with regards to this abortion medicine. Right. You, oh, you, the, you, right. Anyway, go ahead. 
No, I, 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 and again, you can't. This is the problem. When uh, when uh, when Speaker Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, became Speaker of the House the first time, um, she changed the rules. You know, you, again, if you're not familiar with how Congress works, there's a rules committee. You load it up with your partisans so you can make the rules. The majority yes. really is the majority uh, in the House of Representatives, different than how uh, things operate in the United States Senate. Anyway, so she changed the rules. Uh, so to benefit her members. Yes. Fine. But then uh, when she lost the speakership and the Republicans were then operating under the rules that Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats implemented, uh, Nancy Pelosi said, we're not going to follow these rules. Yes. And if you remember, they they uh, staged a sit in uh, in the Congress. Now, what happened was uh, the 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 legislation or the issue they were pushing uh, did not uh, did not cross the finish line. They failed in that attempt, but that was never their attempt. Their right. attempt was to get the media to get the co- their liberal progressive coalition uh, to get them activated. Right. And again, it goes to this, you know, and 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 Nancy Pelosi applauded the breaking of the rules. For the left, and this is again, you want to talk about how to change our culture to 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 uh, to deal with the violence, to deal with the things that are, are that are afflicting us. Well, let's go back to following the rules, right? And and again, but let's call out the left. In this country, election day was election day. Now, election day is a matter of weeks. Yes. Uh, in this country, uh, we would respect a court's decision. Except now we don't. Now we right. go and we threaten Supreme Court justices. You have members of Congress, members of the administration, literally threatening uh, justices. Uh, 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 Justice Thomas. Right. Nothing broke. No law, no ethical rule, no rule of the court. And yet uh, you have it from everywhere now that he needs to be impeached. Right. Well, no, and remember... But Jerry, and keep in mind, right, this is in the end, you know, you talk, it's funny, you were talking just a moment ago about the Second Amendment and how if the Second Amendment is repealed, that's it, sidestepped or whatever, every other right. The same thing holds true with these, you know, when when the progressive left wants a scalp, and I I said this on the air last week, it is very much like Brad Pitt in Inglorious Bastards. You know, each man takes on a debit. I want my scalps and you're going to get me my scalps. When the Democrats mark somebody as a target, whether it's Donald Trump being clapped in irons or Clarence Thomas being impeached, right? Because remember, the the the, the progressives have been after Clarence Thomas since Clarence Thomas was confirmed back in the 80s. They've wanted him out and they've tried every every trick in the book to try to get him out. Well, the, 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 for the last few years, it's been about uh, his wife, Ginny Thomas. Right. And about you know her activism and about but, and, 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 and they don't mind false narratives, lying, right. breaking the rules to get him. Right. And, and again, but here's you know, here's the irony in all of this. Right. So everyone knows about the Tennessee three. Uh, yes. Now, of course, now they're made to be heroes and it's about racism. No, it's about uh, two individuals of the three who led essentially. Uh, an, an, an insurrection on the floor of the Tennessee House of Representatives. Yes. Now, I was told that an insurrection interfering with the legislative business was something that was very serious. Yes. Well, the Tennessee Republican majority took it seriously, expelled two members. That's the rule of law. 
Yes. But in, but 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 however, the, again, the left has turned this around and even our friends on the right have said, well, the Republicans overreached. No, they didn't. Right. And this is exactly what Republicans, you know, you want to fix our culture. We need church leaders and conservatives and Republicans and parents to stand up for their rights. It's just, this, again, like, like we said last week, yeah. speak the truth constantly, this, this consistently. Is, this is the issue. And stop compromising. The emperor's no well, right. This gets into you know, you know, well, compromising I, principle anyway. Well, a compromising principle. I right? want to raise something with you that's controversial, but I'll let you make your point first. No, I, I was just going to say. I mean, it, listen, look, it gets. Look, into, I remember years ago, Andrew, uh, the Competitive Enterprise Institute. Yes, we love CEI. You and I are constantly talking about Fred Smith and and everything right? that we owe him. He, hey, he really hey, was real a, quick, real quick. I'm sorry, Jerry. While you're saying this, congratulations to Marlo Lewis. 25 years at CEI today, I believe. Congratulations, sir. Go ahead. Yes. Now, you remember years ago at their, it might have been their Warren Brooks dinner, I forget, and they honored Deirdre McClowski. I don't know. It may have been one of those dinners. Well, I, I think I was at the dinner there. with you. Oh. And I remember <laughs> I remember commenting that CEI should not be honoring this person. And it was because she was she was a transgendered. She was a man living as a woman. Okay, and I and and you know, but CEI liked her economics. She's maybe, a professor. Maybe Jerry. Maybe this is why you and I have not been invited back to. Uh, well, sorry, I mean, I, I didn't make a I I didn't make a stink over yeah. it. I just said privately uh, that this is wrong. Yes, because uh, because you might like her today or him today on uh, his economics, but really, when it comes down to truth, how can you trust someone living a wrong life? Someone living. Uh, out their mental illness and you're now honoring them because you like their economics. How do you trust their economics? Because if, if as something as hardwired as gender, if that can be ignored, well, then this person will in the future, I'm sure violate other principles that we hold dear. And sure enough, this week, Deirdre Mikulski, uh, 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 decided to cancel a debate yes. there there was going to be a debate Over on transgender yes. issues and it was Deirdre McCluskey McCluskey who who called her opponent a hater someone who pr- used all the words yeah, by the, the way yeah I don't understand what is it what does it mean to be an anti-Jesus Catholic I I have no idea okay uh, again, unless Deirdre McCluskey has the wrong idea of Jesus, yes. you know, because maybe, maybe uh, look, I, yes, this uh, is what this is exactly. You're absolutely right because Jesus would going. stand with Jesus would stand with the transgendered people. Sure. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. No, he would flip but, their uh, card tables. Yes, he would. He would speak truth to them, uh, and he would tell them to sin no more. He would accept them and love them, but he would tell them sin no more. And and, and if I, they maybe Jesus would get angry at them in the same way he got uh, he got angry with the with the money changers. Right. But my point, my point my point is is that. Here we are now. Don't let's not listen. Time out for a second. Let's not forget that that you know. Yes, Jesus was all about love, love thy neighbor as thyself. But Jesus also overturned the 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 tables in the temple. Yes, but also again, since we since we're there, yeah. Nowhere in the gospel did Jesus celebrate sin. Yes. Nowhere in the gospel did Jesus sit with a sinner and say, "I love you. I accept you." Keep on sinning so time and follow second, me. Right? When, and so when you talk about this, what Jesus Nowhere. did was if you came to him and you asked for forgiveness for your sin, then you could sit at the table. Yes. Right? You, yes. Had, to, you had to ask for forgiveness for your right. sin. Right. You had to repent. You had to yes. change your life. You had to live differently. Also, for my for my friends who say, well, Jesus never entered into these uh, the, the sexual politics of 
homosexuality and transgenderism? Well, yes and no. The word homosexual didn't come into the English lexicon until 1860s. No. Because uh, it, before that, it was just same-sex attraction, you know, whatever it was. And, and, and I'm sure that there were men who lived as women and vice versa and, and this sort of thing. So these issues, we didn't have a word for it. But in Matthew, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is as clear as Jesus is on any other issue where he says uh, that these perversions, same-sex attraction, and others are are a violation of 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 God's word and God's law. Yeah. And so again, Jesus, I, I, I it it offends me when people invoke Jesus to justify their sin, right? Right. Oh, it's all about love. Well, yeah, but love is ugly at times. Love is the cross. Uh, again, we just had Easter, Good Friday. Uh, again, watch, watch the passion and look at the torture that Christ went through. Right. That was love. It was also something where it was so grotesque, you had to turn your head away. Yeah. So my point is, is that love isn't this, uh, this progressive idea that you can do whatever you want to whomever you want all the time, live your own truth. That is not the gospel. And frankly, I'll say this, since we, we started on transgenderism, I'll say this to my friends, using, misusing pronouns is a sin. It's absolutely a sin. Yeah. It's a violation of the, uh, of, 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 of our, it's, it's a, it's a, of the ninth amendment. It's a violation of the 10th amendment. It is a uh, amendment. I said amendment. I meant commandment. Commandment. I was going to say, I'm like, sure, um, wait a minute. This has nothing to do with um, the new enumeration of this constitution of certain rights. A, Go ahead. It yes. Is, it, it is a, it is a, um, it is a, it is an offense against uh, God's salvation. It, it is an offense against the uh, against the natural order of things. And God it's created. Also confusing as hell. Yeah, it's a sin. Christians yeah. need to understand this. If you're not a Christian, I, I you know this is the, this is pertain to you. But for the Christian to engage in the uh, pronoun issue is to sin against God. But you know, it, it's to me, it, it comes back to you know we have to we have to regain some measure. There's the common sense. I'm sorry. There's the there's the respect aspect of it for one another, including the respect of someone to say, you know, something. This is just crazy. I can't go along with this. But there's also the common sense, and and that that seems to be where we've we've gone down uh, this road. Well, again, you know, we talk about this all the time. We're we're of the leave us alone coalition. If you want to live a transgendered life, live that way. If you want to live a, a a gay life and be and be married, live that way. You know, if you want to be divorced, live that way. But why make me have to? It's celebrated in, in the end, subsidize right, it, 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 accept it's, it. It's the line, the the boundary, and that's I guess you know maybe that's part of it, Jerry. Is that we you know you said this earlier about the ability to compromise. Some of us, some of this is compromise, but there's also the understanding that there are lines that are drawn. It's not an all or nothing situation. Right. It's well, it's, and, and I think this is where the church has gotten in trouble too. We don't, we right. don't live in a, th we don't live in a theocracy. You know, uh, we should, we, we, divorce can't be illegal, right? Yes. Homosexuality acts can't be illegal because we live in a pluralistic uh, society that respects all faiths and no faith. However, for the Christian, for the conservative, uh, we shouldn't be forced 
to subsidize it. I love this. But, and, and, and this is my, this is my, but Jerry, even because we're talking about sort of conservatives and Christians here, and you're right, absolutely. It's the, the concept of you would be made to care. We shouldn't be forced to subsidize. But my point is it, it, getting back to this Huffington Post story. If you are the father of a six-year-old and your wife says that we're going to refer to our six-year-old as they, them, it is okay for you to say no. And no, I'm not going to do this. Right. Now, again, it's not, again, it's not about though, all, all or nothing. He's not a bigot for not saying this. Right. But this you know, is where, but this is where our side needs to um, organize and integrate the way the left has. Because if you are a father who says this, well, then uh, your wife can divorce you, sue for custody, and use this is the problem. And use use your position. You know, I, I know a couple uh, who have a child who is living as a transgendered person. Yes. And I'm very careful about how I talk with them because I don't know what pressure they're under. Absolutely. I don't know if the state uh, has warned them that if you dare do this again, if look, how many states have made illegal the so-called transition or uh, 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 transforming uh, a therapy. I forget the, na- the name for it. No, I'm, yeah. I don't if know. you're a gay person and you don't want to be gay, oh, you go oh, to a therapist. Oh, um, um, it's um, oh, good lord, it's uh, it's um, I don't remember. Anyway, well, you, you don't, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, absolutely. Now, again, I, I gay look, conversion. Look, it's conversion therapy. They've outlawed conversion right. therapy. But here, but here's my problem with banning it. The left always says that the government shouldn't be in the business. Uh, of the bedroom the, the, right. the government shouldn't be in the business of these decisions except when you want to be in the business of it right so what if what if, again what if i'm a gay person and i want to explore as to why i my psychosexual development uh, uh, uh expressed itself this way and i go to a therapist and i say you know what i i'm a gay man I've, I've lived as a gay man all my life and i'm curious about events in my life and relationships and my parents and this especially, and that Jerry, especially jerry a therapist hold on, hold on. Especially wouldn't be able right to now, have me as a patient. Especially right now where we, where the, the LGBTQIA community is now saying that being gay is not hardwired and that there's a spectrum. Right, but my point, yeah. right, but my point is a therapist would, would have to tell me, I'm sorry, I can't take you on as a patient. Well, right. why? Yes. Well, because what if during our, our sessions you decide that I've somehow crossed the line into conversion therapy and then I could lose my license? Yes. And see, but this is what the state has done. The government involves itself and it actually hurts the patient, doctor, yes, confidentiality and relationship. Yes, yes, it, it is. It is interposing. But itself. it's but but, it, but the... it's equity. But it's equity. So therefore, it's okay. Again, I hate ranting without a solution. You want a solution to the ugliness of our culture, to the to the mass shootings, uh, to dealing with uh, this uh, this uh, transgender issue, is that we have to speak the truth, uh, but also we have to organize and have um, community, uh, but also uh, we have to uh, we have to play by the rules. We have to we have to we have to go back to uh, the simple kind of childhood uh, childhood cliche of playing by the rules. Yes. The left doesn't play by the rules and we let them we let them do this. Right. Absolutely. Hey, listen, it's uh, we've gone a little bit over an hour. Jerry. I, know, I, feel, I feel like I was all over the place. No, today. no, no. You were, no, you were fine. I mean, we, 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 we swept through the full arc here, which was which was good. Hey, you're on on uh, Sunday. I'm on Sunday. Listen, go to WBAL. 
Go to podcasts. Go to Jerry Rogers. I'm telling you, my last several shows have been on fire, and uh, and uh, and they've been very pointed in terms of this kind of conversation. Um, talking about transgendered issues, talking about our culture, talking about violence and, and mass shootings and all the rest of it. So uh, my stint filling in for Steve Gruber is up on Podbean. Go and check that out because we talk about a lot of this as well. Uh, my interview with Shoshana Weissman from R Street is also up and available. That's the lunch hour with Federal Newswire. Go and, uh, go and check that out. By the way, if you're not following me and Jerry, you should be. Uh, at Andrew underscore Langer on Twitter, at uh, Jerry Rogers Show on Twitter as well. Uh, I'm in for Larry O'Connor on O'Connor and Company Monday and Tuesday That's great. next week. Yes, I'm very excited about this. Um, and there was one other so, thing. So as, as, as we're talking, the uh, the current uh, headline over at the Babylon Bee yep. is uh, father of five-year-old pterodactyl. <laughs> troubled by how hard it is to get species affirming care in America. <laughs> I love the Babylon Bay. Um, I, I, I think that they had one about uh, Riley Gaines being arrested for um, for uh, not beating up on herself. It was something something along the lines of yeah, Riley Gaines, of course, is at NWA and yeah. uh, NWA uh, division. No, NCAA, not That's twice yes. I did that today. Yes. Um, so yeah, so go uh, go and check those things out. Uh, Jerry, what else do you want people to do? Find the truth, plant your feet, stand firm. God bless you. God bless you all. Have a great week, everybody. Have fun and please stay safe.